This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Equity of up to £150 million. You're not here to find your head to win games. We want to try to reduce this gap. I think that uh, a good team has to be good uh, to recognize uh, different phases during the game. Welcome into the Tottenham Depot. I am your host, Andrew. It is episode 97. A Merry Christmas, a Happy Holidays to everyone out there. Uh, the World Cup is in the rear view, and we've got actual Tottenham Hotspur football to look forward to. Uh, we'll start by throwing it out to Scott. He is at DSM Spurs on the Twitters. Scotty, what's going on, man? Chilling. Off work till the 3rd of Jan, so just ready to podcast every day. Let's go. I am not going to let you podcast every day. That's just that's just too many podcasts. We already don't have enough to talk about, uh, so we're going to leave that leave that be. Uh, Shuban is also with us. He is at The Real Shuban. Shubs, what's going on with you, man? I'm good, man. It was good to be at the lane yesterday and um, kind of getting things back to normal post-World Cup. Obviously, I think I left England just as the season was, I can't remember, I think it was either international break or something, and therefore to be back in Tottenham for an actual match, because obviously I live near Tottenham anyway, so um, that was just fun to be actually be in the stadium again after all this time, so yeah. Absolutely, and that's something we were going to come on to uh, talking about that experience for you as well. The Todd Father is also with us at TC underscore Kashow, remotely from uh, from the streets of Florida. The mean Todd streets of Apollo Beach, baby. It's uh, What's going on, any man? day, any day, boys and girls, that you get to chat with your mates about Tottenham Hotspur football is a good fucking day remotely or otherwise. I've missed you, and I'm happy to chat with you. Let's fucking go. I'm, I'm just happy to hear about the jewel of America. That is Florida. <laughs> yeah. yeah, plenty of plenty of tales, plenty of tales from the mean swamps of Florida from from TC this week, which is entertaining us all. Um, gentlemen, we're going to talk a little bit about Tottenham because that's what's back finally after a month, month and a half. Um, I b- before we move on to Tottenham, as we kind of finally put the World Cup in the review, I just want to point people in the direction of an article I read this week that I thought really summed things up and I'm not one to promote other people, but Musa Kwango wrote for GQ for British GQ this week. He's the host of Sadio podcast. Um, and I thought it would just really brilliantly summed up all of my feelings on the world cup. And I'm sure a lot of yours too. So I just want to point people to go find that. Um, I retweeted it on my timeline at Aestetka. If you haven't yet, that is a, a nice little cap on the world cup that, that you, uh, you can embrace if you'd like. Um, Guys, Nice, uh, Shuban was there. He mentioned it. Nice in the rear view, uh, club friendly, 1 1. Uh, Shuban, why don't you start by telling us your experience from that whole thing? Uh, going, going out to the to you know to the stadium and and 
you know, there wasn't a lot of people there, it seemed, but it seemed like it was a nice experience. I, I did not watch this match. I saw Matt Darty scored a goal and there was a highlight. Um, and that was all I saw and cared about. And I looked at who played and that was about it. But, but tell us what you saw. It was bloody awesome. It really was. Cause first of all, it was just the North and the West stand that were open. And there was just the bottom halves of both. One of the things you notice that when you go to, if you go to spot on a match day, there's obviously not going to be vendors, people selling stuff and everything else. There's none of that at all. So it was a very, very strange artificial atmosphere. And um, so that was just bizarre. But no, in terms of the actual being, going to the game, it was it was fun. I mean, it was just fun to be there. I mean, one of the strange things, when we went out at halftime, the beer lines were as crowded as ever. <laughs> and the loo lines as well. So it felt like a match day. I mean, just it was just weird. Like, we, um, who was the guy? Nicholas Pepe? He was playing for Nice. He got booed relentlessly. Uh, Ross Barkley, I didn't actually realize Ross Barkley was actually playing until someone told me. And that was just weird seeing him. And um, <laughs> he was, because um, obviously, because I haven't, obviously, and then I was like, I think some, some nameless person was calling him a Chelsea reject. And it was just really funny because I think Antonio Conte, he was signed under Antonio Conte, I think, if memory serves, but he never actually played for Antonio Conte ever. And he never played for under any, other, any of the other managers either. So that was just weird. Um, no, it was just, it was interesting to watch. Um, in terms of my takeaways, it was just weird. And I was like, Hob, you did, obviously they weren't flying into challenges. There wasn't, um, there was none of that stuff, obviously. Although Harvey White took an absolute battering. <laughs> oh my God. He's like, he's like five foot eight or something. And he took an absolute beating every single time. Cause these, like, so, cause like, just to give it, the, the guys from, I don't know if you guys have ever seen, um, uh, I, I can't. There's, there's a match there's a Dillian McIndale. I got to watch him, and Dillian McIndale is five foot six, five foot six, five foot seven at best, and he's going against these huge Chelsea centre backs. And this is in a Spurs under twenty ones, PL two game or something, and they were beating the crap out of him. But my God, Harvey White! Every time he got battered, he just got up again and he went again. So Harvey White's got a lot of um, thrasos, got loads of guts on him. In terms of quality, there wasn't a lot of it. You wasn't seeing a lot of pressing. Um, in terms of what stood out for me, um, definitely Pepe Matheson. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that properly. He, for a big guy, I mean, he's he's not like big as in broad, as in just the, the height of him. He has got very good feet. And there's something, I don't want to, I want to jinx it, but there was something Vieira-like about him. There was, something, there was really something elegant about the way he ran with the ball. It was like, do you guys ever remember watching Carnu when he used to run with the ball? Do you ever remember that? Carnu? From Ajax hmm. and Arsenal, he always he, he always felt like he was about to fall over. This was the opposite. He yeah. was so elegant, very good feet. So yeah, yeah. And, Conte um, had some to... Conte had some nice things to say about Sar after the match, which I thought was interesting, considering he really hasn't played him at all this season, and he's kind of just sat. And we saw that we saw that brief spell of him for come on for Senegal uh, against England in the World Cup. Um, but it will be interesting to see. We're, we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit more about players like Sar and, and, and White when we dip into our mailbag a little bit later. Um, Scott, you didn't watch this match either, right? I mean, this was this was kind of these, – these friendlies, there's not much to them. Yeah, I haven't bought Spurs plus, so I did not watch this match. Um, <laughs> but I saw replays, right, and, or highlights, rather, and I think that's – unless you're there, which, of course, I would I – would, I, I totally support Shivan's decision to go, and I envy that, but – Nothing I was going to tune into. I figured I'd catch the highlights over Twitter. So, um, you know, Doherty scoring was always nice to see. And 
looks like him and uh, Brian Heal are forming a little bit of a partnership, which is cool. So good things can come from those things, right? I thought the cool thing was seeing the players that were able to play, even if it wasn't from a starting standpoint. We did see him and Son in this match. We saw Eric Dyer come on. We saw Ben Davis, after suffering an injury in the World Cup, come on. Um, so all of these guys, you know, at least looking healthy enough to come on in a game. We obviously, as you mentioned, saw Darty start, Sanchez, Longley, Tanganga gets another start, which is another name that we're going to need to come on to here. Um, Hoy Bear started, which I know Todd would be really excited about. Absolutely, um, and he looked solid, and they pulled him off after 60 minutes. Thank God, Conte. Yeah, no question. And 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 it looks a lot more like, you know, Hoybier Bissuma will be the midfield yes. pairing, at least for the near future, right? Bissuma was just the one thing I should have mentioned. Bissuma was actually looking really good yesterday. Obviously, it's a friendly, so you've got to caveat that. But he really impressed. I mean, in terms of, so, I don't know, Bissouma really impressed me. Um, he just, there was moments he just re-spread the ball out beautifully. He was received the ball under pressure. He was, he looked like a player that basically had been training for about a month or something, if that made any sense. And had just been preparing for this. And he didn't, and I think the other thing was, I don't know whether they've spoken to him or not. He seems a lot more, um, Relaxed, if that makes sense. Yeah, As well, in, we we yeah, talked in the past two weeks. Try about how, yeah, we talked about in the last few weeks how this might be like a good second preseason for the fella because, like, he needed that. Obviously, Conte had remarked about how this was a guy yeah, he, who who needed more work done. He needed Conte, and because Daniel Levy is Daniel Levy, and and you know this deal, there were other things in the off season. Uh, that made this deal um, less powerful, take a little longer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think that him quietly working under the, under the radar at Hotspur Way this entire month uh, can only bode well for us and our depth and our ability to uh, withstand teams that like to overrun the midfield on us uh, as we go on the stretch. But before we get off of talking about this match specifically in Nice, uh, Todd, and before I know you have some obligations, I, I did want to ask you how did how did it feel seeing Cash for Smichael let out of, of of the basement for to come out and play for Nice once more? Well, you noticed Harry wasn't there, so yes. there's a- he was watching from watching from I, I believe the stadium, but but was not on the field. Yes, no, 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 no. Yeah. This it's it. it, 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 it. <laughs> Daddy keeps a close eye over everything <laughs> under his purse. Just understand. That is exactly the phrase that I wanted you to use and that I I, I got you to use there. I love that. To, to be fair, do you know what? I was actually when I was actually in the West Stand, there was a big thing about the Ineos Granada or whatever the whatever bollocks they signed up to now or something. Some new promotion or new marketing bit or something. And I didn't realize, but Nice are actually owned by the guy who owns Ineos anyway. So it did, it really just did feel like, oh, we're playing the team that is um, basically owned by one of our new sponsors. It just seemed, and it seemed like, because I'm actually reading um, this wonderful article that Andrew suggested, and it seemed like the best of football and the worst of football. As in like, yeah. we had a sporting arrangement and we had a commercial arrangement and they came together really well. No question about it. Um, so Brentford, Boxing Day, Monday. You're hearing this a few days before. We're recording this even a few more, few days before that. Um, Brentford are a team who 
I don't know how many World Cup players they would have had, but I can't imagine it was nearly as many as us. Um, and they are a team that that played a couple of friendlies, as I'm as I'm looking at here, uh, during the World Cup. Uh, they played Bordeaux uh, back on December 10th, um, and then it looks like they played this past weekend against Wolfsburg to a 2-2 draw. Um, so they've had a little bit of action as well. I think this is gonna it's gonna be really interesting, Scott, to see how this season ramps back into form. We saw Carabao Cups games being played this week, um, including a, a pretty epic, if I can use epic around a League Cup game, game between Manchester City and Liverpool. Um, all of those things were I guess fine, but like how is this season gonna ramp up to you starting with this game against Brentford? I don't even know, man. It's it's hard to tell. I don't think that we've will. I don't think we we can even speculate on what to expect because nothing like this has ever been done before. It's 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 a complete second season. So I think we're going to see a lot of teams that were informed that are no longer informed. We're going to see some teams that weren't informed that are. Um, Agreed. I think we're just we're we're in the thick of it, and that's really all that mattered. I think you know come come second half of the season for you know for Tottenham. So. Oh, go ahead, Doug. I I couldn't agree with you more there, Scotty. I, I think that uh, the one thing that we we could actually look forward to, though, in this Brentford match, unfortunately, is going to be a team that benefited from uh, not having a Premier League schedule for mm-hmm. the last month. Um, and we're also going to see Ivan Tony's potential last taste of freedom. So, I mean, I you know <laughs> I expect him to bring the sure. the all uh, uh, of their. Uh, <laughs> All of their Danish-led might, Andrew, uh, to 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 the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. But by the way, I just want to note that I think when when Scott was talking about how he thinks teams are going to be able to launch back into this season, I think that might be, and I'll have to find the t- timestamp for it for folks if they want to really listen to it. But I think it might be the first time I asked him a question. He said, "I don't know." Uh, on the podcast <laughs> ever, which is really great. I, I really appreciated the pragmatism there from you, Scotty. Oh yeah, <laughs> happy to happy to provide, man. But no, it's it it's, really it, is a Merry it, Christmas this weekend, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, no, that, that's 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 an accurate statement. But um, no, I I I don't know. It, it's just a shit show. I don't know what's going to happen, man. This whole deal Facts. is weird. Well, um, let's in, instead of talking about the games on the field, then what about off the field? Because that's been the other big thing this past week as we kind of search for news. You know, a lot of speculation around Antonio Conte, a lot nonsense. of, you know, a lot of nonsense. I agree. A lot of that. A lot of, um, you know, transfer speculation, if you will. Like, I, I, it's it's by the time we record our podcast next weekend, it's going to basically be transfer season where are we with all of that? Is it just, I mean, I'm, this is where I get really pragmatic instead of Scott and say, I don't know. We'll see how it plays out. Right. Well, I agree. I don't know. We'll see how it plays out, but also let's caveat that with, this is the time in the transfer window season where agents trying to shop players start planting seeds in the media. So you'll see shit like Rabio to Tottenham or a few weeks ago, Weston McKinney to Tottenham or, you know, things along those lines, you're going to uh, uh, Pedro Poro uh, uh, to Tottenham. All of these things, these are links where agents are tied with people within the organization and people within the media that uh, <laughs> that, that um, 
the impact uh what storylines are hitting the the twitter feed these days ask that vagina jack pitbrook <laughs> wow okay hold on let me let me grab an edit mark here T- time step back <laughs> fucking yes. clown nose <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, look, I, 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 that, that, that was me doing an American accent. Clearly, that was me doing the American. Yeah, accent. I, yeah, um, we'll blame we'll blame I, uh, Shuban yeah. for that. <laughs> no, Shuban, do you have any do you have any pragmatism to offer us here when it comes to silly season? Because I'm already completely well, I, fed up. I think it's I definitely agree with Todd. Not about the Jack Brook thing, obviously, but um, just about agents getting stuff out there because obviously players need to move. Players get yeah, that's just the part they do. I think Harry Redknapp was famous about talking to his contacts in the media, trying to say, I need this player or I need that player or we're linked to that player, trying to get you know, Daniel Levy to move things. I'm, I'm not saying Antonio Conte is doing that, but look, Antonio Conte says, look, I want resources or I will leave. He left Inter after they won the title because he didn't feel that they'll give him the resources to do well in the Champions League. And that's one of the main reasons he left. Um, I think his position is a lot harder now because, let's face it, apart from going to Newcastle, there's nowhere else he could probably go to that, that could pay that has the ability to, do you know I mean, spend money the way Tottenham can. Not really. I mean, not the clubs that could do that already have managers, or they just don't want Kante. Right. So, so I think it's so I, I think it's a game of chicken. Because does, does that make sense? Like, you know, kind of like yeah. I also think thinking, it's a I'm big difference between what Tottenham can spend and what Tottenham will spend. I think those are well, two very different mm, things. I don't want to have that conversation yet because we don't fucking know. So it's right. really easy to hop out in the medium and say Tottenham, <clears throat> Tottenham are going to be cheap. Why? Because it's a fucking narrative that everybody knows, and it rings true this time of year a lot of the time. So. When yeah. you look at it like that, you go, fine, all right, if you want to revert back to a narrative that you're familiar with, that'll cause a stir, that'll get people to a click on your stupid fucking article, you can start that garbage. But if you actually look at what Paratici has done since he's been here, nothing about what he's done indicates that we're going to be miserly this window. So as I mentioned at the outset of this segment, fuck those who choose to purport that narrative? Honestly, I, I, I've been very confused by a lot of this. Right, I think, and anything we're seeing about Conte leaving is pure speculation. Which I'll be the first one to say on this very show. I speculate very, you know, very regularly as to what will happen with Conte. No, you're our newfound ge- pragmatist. What are you talking about? Yeah, right, right, fair. But no, I have said many times. Yeah. yeah. I've said many times that Conte has a history that he's showing again, but at the same time, this stuff is speculation. I'm also hearing a lot of chatter, you know, just around the fact that, not the fact, I'm, the fact is I'm seeing a lot of chatter on Twitter, folks painting the narrative, professionals, as well as, you know, the common fans painting the narrative that Spurs have been unwilling to spend for Conte. And that's just blatantly not true i mean all you have to do is look at look at what we've done in the last two windows we have spent we've spent we spent wisely but we spent and what drives me fucking nuts is what's wrong with spending wisely what's wrong with getting the talent you need wisely right i we have this idea that dollar signs are all that matters and it's just silly and i don't know where where how we got there right but 
what we've done is nothing short of what Conte would have asked for at this point. And it just really irritates me that the narrative is being painted otherwise. Podcasts, professionals, the everything that I'm hearing, right, is just absolute bullshit. So this this leads right into one of our mailbag questions that uh, our boy Dustin Dietz dropped us. And and he simply asked what about what we think will happen in January. Um, asking about all the silly noise going on. And and I think that if if Spurs can have as equal of a January as they did last January, I think they're going to be in great shape. They need one or two players, some reinforcements. And if they can go and get a Benton core slash Kulisevsky level player to come in, and I'm obviously not speaking about at those same positions. I'm just talking about in general, if they can have that kind of letter grade on their January window. Great. That, that shows me that you are continuing to push on. You're continuing to maintain your top four place and you're you're trying. You're making an effort here. They they're not going to go out and buy five six players in this window. That, that's just out of the question. Thing is, Andrew. Do you know what? I don't think a, a, a lot of Spurs players, Spurs fans weren't exactly enthused when we got Benson Core and Kulishevsky. Well, anyway, you're right on that, Shivan. But well, also, what I'm saying, what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, what <laughs> like, I'm saying, what, I don't know, but what, what, what I'm saying is though, it wasn't a case of like we moved the needle or something. In terms of yes, their success. We definitely moved the need in terms of the signs we brought in, but essentially we brought these players kind of under the radar. I mean, I think Bentacle was being linked to Aston Villa at the time, and I'm just saying that it isn't about making big flashy signings. It's about finding what the team needs and being able to meet that. So, and I think, and like, I mean, Kulishevsky, he he had, I think he played, I think we played Brighton in the FA Cup or something. I think, and apparently he didn't have the best game or something, and. They're saying, "Oh, he's useless. He's useless." And I'm like, "Oh yeah." And then obviously both, now both we all the good... guys, yeah. And both I'm just I'm guys saying, that... their first few matches for sure. Yeah. So what I'm saying is that I think we do need to have those kind of level of effectiveness signings, but in terms of signings that like are what I call like Instagram hits or TikTok hits, does that make sense? Yeah. We're not. We no, don't need them. No, we just no. need. We do. We just need signings that are basically that do the job and will actually. You know, basically we need solid signings, not sexy signings, for want of a better term. I think the other part of January that is going to be super analyzed, at least at least by me, because I think it really takes a more of a, a macro picture of what's going on at Spurs versus the micro one. And that is what happens to the likes of, I guess you call them academy type players or younger players who aren't getting their time. And this leads into another question in the mailbag uh, from Spiggy. Uh, he 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 brings up the fact that Conte has been using some senior academy players throughout these friendlies and and you know uh, academy games. Um, but what wants to know our opinion on the success rate of people like Harvey White, Jed Spence, Jaffa Tanganga, and the like? I, I think you can probably throw in Sar into that conversation as well. What is the future of these guys? And I think there's. They're very, they're obviously all diff, very different cases because they're different players and they're at different points in their careers. But I think what happens to those guys in January, those types of players, is going to say a lot about where this club is going from a more macro sense versus where it's yes. what's going to happen the rest of this season. Thank yes. You. I mean, injuries as well. Sorry. Please go. Yeah. Well, I think injuries will no, play a part yeah, in terms of like who comes in, but. Who, who leaves, sorry, that makes sense. Like Skippy and other players. I mean, because Skippy has been talked about. I mean, if you forget, Skippy came in under Mourinho, well, came in under Poch, and then under Mourinho. And Tanganga was very much the same. He 
he was getting some minutes here and there and then Mourinho really kind of pushed Tanganga and Mourinho was like but they, they chastised him for saying you don't bring players through and he goes wait a minute I brought through Varane at Real Madrid I brought in McTominay at, at Man United and I think Conte gets level with his guitar brush that he doesn't bring players through but Bastoni is an Inter product he is someone that started at Inter and has rose, risen up the ranks and was recognised by you know, so it's just a case of are you basically giving uh, Conte what he wants to see in training? And then because Conte will use a lot of the academy players in his training, he'll bring them in either as, as part of like, like you know, like not sparring matches, but as in like, you know, to get the teams ready for matches. I mean, he'll use them. And if he sees something he likes, he'll bring them in more. I saw Alfie Devine warm up and he was warming up with Sonny. You can see Sonny giving him a lot of advice on the touchline. And um, I'm sure if you pay us, I'll pay our Patreon a lot of money. Andrew will share some of the videos I took last night. But um, in terms of, you saw Al Devine, when he came on, he played on that right wing side where um, Dan Kuliszewski played. And you saw he was combative. He was like, trying to link the play through. So, yeah, I mean, I think it boils down to what injuries we have, where he thinks it could be like the agent, for example, you know, with agent talk, the agent of Al Devine said, you know what? I need, I want to get my player some minutes. I want to get him some first team matches. So can I please, you know, and I, and he'll push for it. And they might say, do you know what? To keep him sweet. Because I don't know if Albert Devine's part of CAA or some big corporate agency. They might say, do you know what? We all do that. So I think there's a lot of things that we just, that we as fans don't know. And there's a lot of bullshitters that will claim to be ITK. They'll say, oh, it's this, 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 that. It's not. Each case is individual. Each case is based on players coming in, players coming out, injuries and stuff like that. And you might get a really good offer. You might get someone saying, do you know what? We all pay a shitload of money to loan. No, we'll obviously we'll pay his wages and everything, but we'll pay this much in penalties or whatever if we don't play him because we really want this player. Do you know what I'm saying? So I think we don't, we're not privy to this. So there's so much speculation and so much bullshit going on that I, I just, I, Andrew, I think you called this the silly season. I'm just going to ignore it. You know, it's just, it's, bull, it's bullshit until we see a player get the shirt or leave. Yeah. I will say, though, silly season is fun. And people listening to this podcast, they don't want to hear that we're going to ignore it. They want to hear what we have to say. And that's where I come in, baby. But, but no, all, all jokes aside, I do agree with you. It's very silly. But if we do want to speculate, I'll start that I'll start that conversation by saying that what happens in this window is important, even if we want to ignore how silly this stuff is, right? What happens this window from an incoming perspective determines what happens with Conte. I you know, I feel strongly that he finishes a season, but I will I will say with my full chest that if he doesn't get what he wants, he will walk this summer. Um, and that's where I say this window is huge. I think Conte right now feels very strongly. I said it on our last show that he does not have the right wing back required to be successful. I think we all agree with that. Um, that needs to be addressed by the club. I think we're a center back short of being where we need to be. That has to be addressed by the club. And there's a chance that 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 Conte would feel that we're, we're lacking from an attacking midfield perspective, right? And that should be addressed. Or somebody who can at least play box to box, you know, which is silly to say because we've got a lot of solid midfielders, but – it does appear that Conte wants a little bit more creativity from the links that we're seeing. And again, some of that can be people trying to read between the lines and missing, but 
from from the perspective of the right wing back and the center back, we have to have some heavy signings, or it's or, or Conte will not be at the club, in my opinion, past the end of the season, right? Um, and I'll also say, if Conte wins us a trophy and fucking leaves it all in flames and takes off, my boy Potch is waiting. We know this, right? So give me the trophy. <laughs> all right, Cut give me off. the trophy, Conte, and uh, and I'll say thank you, sir. But we do, in all seriousness, have to get him what he wants in this window, and I'm very curious to see how that happens. No, I'm certainly not going to diminish the importance of this window in terms of a lot of big-picture stuff with Conte. I do think that Paratici needs, and Daniel Levy for that matter, need to have, like I said, a letter-grade window equal to or greater than the one that they had last January in getting yeah. Benton, Cora, and Kulisewski. Now, whether that's two players, three players, one player. I, I I don't know the answer. I know there need to be some incomings, but like I said, with those outgoings, it's going to, I think it's going to tell me a lot because maybe he does have a right wing back in Jed Spence and we just don't know it yet. Maybe he does have that other midfielder that he needs in, in Pat Matasar that we just don't know about yet. Um, I'd be less, I'd be less inclined to think that Harvey White is going to step in and be a backup striker while Richarlison is out or that he's even going to be some kind of creative midfielder that, that we're missing. And I would also be way less um, kind of on board with the idea that Jaffa Tanganga is that missing center back piece that, that is needed right now. I, I don't see those things. I also don't see it in Davidson Sanchez, who is who has kind of struggled in these friendlies to some extent from everything that I've read and highlights that I've seen. I, I think there, I think there's a big gulf in terms of answers that we have versus you know when, when it comes to what do we have in-house that we haven't been getting the best out of in in terms of like i said players like spence and sar versus what needs to be brought in and how do you mesh those two things together in terms of young players with outgoings and loans and things like that brian heels another name yeah. that kind of gets thrown <clears throat> into that that whole um mixer there i think there is it is going to be interesting to see how this january plays out just for those purposes alone. Well, yeah, and I think that's a huge piece of this. And you you, you said, it, you know, you, I guess I don't know if I want to say you said it, but you brought it up, you know, uh, well earlier in the show, how important the, the outgoings were for the, the, the macro. And I agree. I think what happens with, with some of these fringe players and whether or not they leave or go tells me everything I need to know about where the club is heading, right? It's It's a shitty thing to talk about. It sucks. But if you want to be successful, you don't develop players anymore. You might develop one or two. Like you have the Bastonis of the world that show up, right, or something like that. And I'm just referring to somebody we already spoke about on this episode. But you don't you don't have the luxury of developing many players anymore, right? If you want to compete at the top, um, you don't I'm see City, you don't see Chelsea. City I mean, with Foden, City with Foden, Chelsea with I, Mount and James. Sure, the, the the one or two will come through, but. But you don't see – my point still stands very much, in my opinion, that you don't see six or seven people waiting on the fringes to get their chance at those clubs anymore. Those days are done, right? So you will get the Harry Kane's. You will get the Phil Foden's. You will get, you know, the, the, the Mason Mounts for sure. But six or seven of those guys who might make it, that doesn't happen, right? And so if this club wants to compete in the way that it wants to compete, you, in, you reinvest with that type of player – you take six or seven of them and you turn them into one or two, right? And that's just how it works now. So if we want to keep Tanganga around, 
if we want to keep Brian Heal around. Dare I say, if we want to keep Saar around, I don't really want to put him in that category because I think he has a, a higher ceiling than some of those other names. But we don't sit around and wait for Conte to maybe develop those guys. We invest, we sell them, and we buy better players. I hate it. That's not the club that I want to be, but I do want to win, and that's where we are, right? But well said, Shubon. I didn't mean to diminish your point at all because you're right, man. I mean, there is examples of it, um, but I do feel well, like there's a I shift. think you – I think you – I think – in all honesty, you, you're always going to have like two or three that come through the youth. Um, so the, the idea of like having like a Barcelona, La Masia, even the, even Barcelona at their best, you think they had what, four or five and that was it, really? Maybe six, possibly. And that was just because they're a very unique model. And th- let's face it, three of them were like, was like basically Xavi, Iniesta and Messi. So and even, right. even Messi isn't, isn't really their own. It's one of, they obviously brought him in for Argentina. I'm just saying that in terms of young players, you need that pathway. The, the best I can remember is Aaron Lennon. He basically yeah. was someone that didn't. He came and came for a lot of money because I remember someone seeing him at the time and saw this very young kid. I think he was seventeen. He had a very nice car, flashy car then, and um, he was yeah. You know, no one knew who he was really. And then obviously Wayne Routledge got injured. Aaron Lennon took his place, and then the, that he literally went from basically someone being basically on the fringes of the team to go into the World Cup later on that year. And Wayne Rowley's career never, ever recovered. Well, but think about it. Think about it from this standpoint, too. I mean, these aren't all guys that are honestly getting a lot of play, but Spurs Spurs do have four or five of those players, at least in the squad right now. When you talk about not only Harry Kane, but Oliver Skip, Jaffa Tenganga, who, again, are not not getting the run that obviously Harry Kane is. And you can even lower that bar even further when you talk about players like Harvey White and Alfie Devine, but they are players that are around. And I think that's, it's time to start figuring out. I think Oliver Skip is here. I I, I think Conte loves him. I hope so. Player that's depth and, and has dealt with injury, but I think he, he's one for the future. I think he has to figure out why, where the likes of Tanganga and White and divine, and then some of these other pieces that aren't homegrown guys, but have been brought in, like Brian Heal, uh, like Spence, like Sar. And and it's hard. It's it's hard for me to even talk about Spence because Spence has been here for not even six months. It feels like after after coming over, you know, following his loan ending, and it's like I don't. He hasn't gotten run, so I I want to see yeah. it before I cast him off on a loan this January. I want to know if he's, I agree. If he but my only pushback is Conte will know, right? Whether or not we do, right? And um, and that's and that's the trust you have to put in a manager, yeah, especially yeah, a manager yeah. of his capability. And yeah, Conte's but I think wrong. the biggest, oh. yeah, well, he can, and he could be, but I think like there are people more equipped than us to make those decisions. And you guys know that. I'm just talking out loud, but. I think the one thing that I want to want to say before we wrap, and Chibon does point out something that needs to be discussed: the players have to have a pathway, right? And I think in the corporatized footballing world, how that works is clubs, certain clubs, and we can rattle them off if we want. People know who they are. That their model is to develop the shit out of players and make money off of them, right? Brighton, for example, do a hell of a job of it. And then clubs at the top snatch them up. Like they don't develop their own players anymore. So the model is you're either a club that develops talent. You invest a ton of effort and, and infrastructure and money into developing players, knowing that's your business model or you're there to win. 
Um, and that just fucking sucks, man. But that's well, just the way that it is right now. You know, it's so interesting. I've never heard it spelled out that way to me, Scott, but you're exactly right. But isn't it interesting how Spurs kind of feel like they're caught in between in the middle? Worlds? Yes. Great so point, that's, man. So Great that's point. why I think there is such a, a dichotomy in how most supporters feel. Like, no, we like Shuban's arguing there needs to be a path. You need to develop the academy. But also there's there's these people out there who are no, you need to drop a hundred million pounds on this player and 70 million on this player and you need to spend 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 they've got the money to do it spurs are very much in that middle ground which is an awkward place to be in it's a very weird spot yeah well no you're that's so well put man and that's something that i hadn't even really thought about as i you know as i can sit there and mull through the point that i made spurs are right dead smack in the middle of it i'm challenging the club to take the step forward and no longer be in the middle of that Hell, even go the other way. I don't give a shit. I don't expect us to win anything, right? So whatever. But ultimately, it's a it's such a good point, man. Spurs are smack dab in the middle of it. If I'm if I'm a youth product at Spurs, let's say I'm 15 years old, 16 years old, and everyone's like, "You're a fucking baller, man. Things look really good for you. Like you have a high ceiling." I'm going straight to my agent. Who in the championship is interested? Is Brighton interested in me? Right. Is anyone else interested in me? I can't stay here. Like, and that's what's happening at the club right now. I don't I don't like that. We used to be, you know, more known for our ability to, to bring players through. But if I'm at the club and I'm like I said, 16 years old, I am looking for a move to a club that will develop me in I a way that you we kid that happened. I knew a kid that happened. I was actually at Spurs and he's 15, I can't remember his name, but he's 15, 16. And I said, you know what? If you really want to make it as a footballer, leave Spurs, go somewhere like Watford or Leighton Orient or one of those clubs because you're more likely to get into playing first-team football. And I'm just saying, look, Harry Kane got his chance because Soldado and Adebayor failed. That was mm-hmm. it. If those two do very, very well, Harry Kane never gets his chance. Harry Kane also had a, a, a lucky bounce on a free kick that sparked everything for him and kept Potch around. Like, that's just how shit works, right? You get your chance and 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 you take it, right? But it's, you know, into your point, Shivan, it's just, it's rare that it happens at a place like Tottenham right now. It can, but I just, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd like to, I don't even know the point that I'm trying to make, but it's just so, I could sit here and talk for another hour about Andrew's point that we're smack dab in the middle of these two places as a club right now. Um uh, it's 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 fascinating, and I think it speaks to some of the issues that we all take. Hell, even could bleed into the World Cup, right? How corporatized football is these days, and it's 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 a shame. But the reality of the situation is Tottenham has to figure this out. Well, I would love to hear you talk for another hour, but it's a holiday weekend, and uh, we've all got <laughs> things to do and family to spend time with. So we're gonna let people go on that. The good thing is we've got Spurs football to watch on Boxing Day, and it looks like the word is that Harry Kane is going to be playing in that game, um, which is not something that I would have expected Let's a few go. weeks ago. But it looks like this is going to be a fairly strong team for Spurs on Monday against Brentford, which I think is really cool. Um, they're obviously going to be missing a few pieces and guys getting back from injuries or guys going to be missing maybe for another month um, or the, or here and there. But it, it will be nice to have some 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 real talent in that match and it'll be a, a good way to kick things off. Um, 
want to wish everyone a very very happy holidays uh thank you guys so much for just this entire year listening to this podcast this is our first full calendar year of doing this podcast coming to a close here and as i mentioned at the top of the show this is our 97th episode we are fast approaching number 100 so um thank you all for for the support throughout the year uh we cannot wait for 2023 to to come rolling in and to keep talking spurs with all of you uh both here and on the socials so follow us at tottenham depot on the socials uh, leave us a rating review in your podcast platform of choice uh for todd who had to duck out he is at tc underscore kasho scott is at dsm spurs shuban is at the real shuban and i am at a stedka this has been the tottenham depot podcast as always come on you spurs thank you so much for stopping by the tottenham depot Thanks to Scott Bird for our intro music, as well as the tunes you are hearing right now. Thanks to Dakota Booth for our artwork. Thank you as well to our spouses who put up with our obsession with this football club and for all that they do. And thanks to you, the listener, who really makes this happen. Supporters make this club, and you, the listener, are what make this podcast possible. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Tottenham Depot, and as always, come on, you Spurs.